Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this special crossover edition show between the Locked On Gamecocks and the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We are previewing the biggest Final Four matchup between both the men's and women's bracket this weekend between the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Iowa Hawkeyes, a matchup that will take place on Friday night in Dallas, Texas. I'm Andrew Lyon, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, joined on this crossover edition show by Locked On Hawkeyes, Trent Condon. Thank you so much for making Locked On Gamecocks or Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and also wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Before we dive into this special crossover show, want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Trent, this might be the most hyped up Final Four matchup out of both tournaments, honestly, this year. And honestly, I think that that's almost the biggest storyline coming into this game between South Carolina and Iowa is that this is a great matchup for the sport of women's college basketball as a whole. Because obviously, you got the finite storyline with the individual matchup between Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston. While they won't be facing off directly against one another on the floor, they're the two biggest superstars in the sport. And honestly, it's quite rare that you see a sports potentially outgoing superstar in Aaliyah Boston cross paths at such a late juncture with the sports sort of up and coming superstar, the person that the media is pushing for to be that next one in Caitlin Clark from the Iowa Hawkeyes. And again, the only thing that would probably make this matchup even better would be the fact uh, that maybe Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark would actually face off against one another. But obviously um, they're going to have some clashes, but Caitlin Clark is going to be dealing with plenty of other people on the court when this game plays out on Friday night. Yeah, Andrew, it's been a lot of fun, obviously, the build-up to this. When the bracket came out, people were already looking for, boy, if we could get that in the Final Four, how big that would be, undefeated South Carolina against this Iowa team led by Caitlin Clark. And and we get it here. You know, the build-up has been incredible going back to even after Iowa punched their ticket into the Final Four, knowing South Carolina still had a game to go against Maryland, and they cruised into the victory there after a little bit of a slow start in the first quarter, turned it on in the second, and got the victory. But the build-up has been immense. The excitement level is as big as anything I can remember. And I also do a radio show. You know, we were speculating and thinking back of of some of the biggest Iowa matchups across the board in sport. And there certainly isn't anything in recent history. You go back a couple years ago, they made the Big Ten championship game in football. Last year, they won the Big Ten basketball tournament. But nothing quite like this. Not where really the nation is watching at this level. And that's what it is. And the stakes that are still involved in this game. It's been a long time since I was had something like this and to see the national buildup that's been out there. And it's not just ESPN, obviously this being their property, them pushing it. It's across the board when you got Magic Johnson and Billie Jean King and on and on and on talking about the matchup and talking about here for us, Caitlin Clark, it, it's built to so much excitement. So many people that I know have never watched women's basketball before that have gotten involved here during this tournament run and, and are going to be watching on Friday night. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the ratings look like coming out of this matchup, of course, later on this weekend. And, you know, the thing we got to keep in mind at the end of the day is no matter who wins, maybe the quote-unquote stat line war on Friday night between Aaliyah Boston and Kalen Clark, both of these players are fantastic players. They're generational players for their respective programs. And that will remain the case no matter, of course, what happens in this Final Four matchup. But for South Carolina, of course, this is maybe, as some people would view it, another obstacle um, in the way of the Gamecocks in terms of their ultimate quest, their ultimate goal this year, which is to try and run the table and go undefeated en route to winning a second straight national title. They're trying to accomplish something, Trent, that only two programs in the sports history have accomplished in terms of going back-to-back and also going undefeated the second time around. The UConn Huskies have done this twice, and Pat Summit's Tennessee Volunteers did it back in 1997 and 1998. And that sort of leads into my biggest question, at least for the team as a whole in this matchup, which is, does the increased pressure have a perceivable impact on the Gamecocks? Because this Freshies group, which ironically is a group of seniors that have now played well over 100 games together, and of course, the main nucleus of that group is Aaliyah Boston, Zia Cook, and Bree Beal. The one thing that this group has not dealt with together at this point in their career is actually trying to go through an entire season undefeated. Every time that they've been on this stage the last couple years, they've had a loss or two from the regular season that's carried over to the tournament. Something that some people would argue is actually a good thing because it means that maybe you don't have as much pressure to try to, again, accomplish one of the toughest feats in all of sports, honestly, team sports, which is to run the entire table throughout the season. And there again, if they were able to pull it off, they would only be the fourth program ever to accomplish that. Of course, Tennessee and UConn mentioned earlier, I believe the only other team that's accomplished this was Texas all the way back in the early 1980s when the women's basketball tournament was actually just getting underway. So something that, you know, for women's basketball, even though there's been a lot of years where there hasn't been as much parity as there is this year, it has been a very rare feat to see different programs accomplished. So um, that is going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch on South Carolina's end. Trent, what are you looking for from uh, Iowa's end of things? You know, the big story, obviously, is Caitlin Clark, but this program and the belief. So when she committed to Iowa, a lot of people thought she was destined for Notre Dame. She went to Dowling Catholic here, uh, right where I live in West Des Moines. She was, a lot of people thought that's where she was going to end up because Notre Dame, they had gone there before, right? They played been in Final Fours, and that's something that Iowa hasn't had in their Lisa Bluter uh, era. They got to Sweet 16s, they made an Elite Eight, but never could get past that final one. And the question always was, well, if you're this good of a player, she was ranked fourth nationally, I know, in the ESPN W rankings going in uh, to her senior season. Well, if you're going to do that, you can't do it at Iowa. Yet she made the commitment to Iowa, and Coach Bluter made her believe that, yes, we can do it, and we can do it with you here, and ultimately being there. But the way that it happened was her not just knowing herself, because in terms of a competitor, you're not going to find anybody, man or or woman, that has more competitive fire in them than she does. That is just the way she is built. That is in her DNA. Older brother that was pushing around back in the day, playing with the you know, basketball and baseball going up. That's who she was, but also getting her teammates to believe. And that's what has happened here throughout the course of this season. I had a couple losses early on. They were preseason number four. I thought that was too high. Uh, for them because they hadn't proved it at the bigger stage. But as a, starting really with their road victory against Ohio State, the Buckeyes were undefeated at the time. They went in there and they just ran them out of the gym. Wins against Maryland and what they did against them and on and on and on. From the Big Ten tournament to where we are today, the belief, not in Kay Clark, she's always had it, 
bidding her, her teammates to believe. That has been a huge, huge piece to what this team has been able to do and why they go in there. And they know they're a huge underdog in this one. They understand that going up against this team. Now, the last three teams they've faced, Georgia, you know well in the SEC, Colorado, Louisville, all teams built very similarly. Tough defensively, physical, they're going to grind you. But now this is... Well, I, I've been saying this is a final boss, right? You're playing a video game and they're waiting at the end for you. This is the biggest stage here. This is the biggest one. Yeah, you've taken on these kind of teams before. This one, though, is going to be a completely different animal. But I believe there is a belief in that locker room that yeah, we got to play well. A lot of things have to go our way, but we can ultimately dethrone the champion. You mentioned Caitlin Clark and her journey to, uh, to joining the Iowa Hawkeyes basketball program. I kind of to me, it reminds me of Asia Wilson for South Carolina, you know, someone that was right down the road at Heathwood Hall School, sort of in the Columbia area, and was sort of that first uh, home state kid, and, you know, one that obviously was a really big deal in her own right when she was coming through the recruiting ranks, that actually decided, that, you know, hey, something's being built here, and I think I want to stay home. I want to help take this program to the next level, and you sort of are seeing that now happen with Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes, and it's always really cool to see sort of those hometown heroes stories unfold right before our very eyes. Trent Condon and I are going to get into some of the bigger questions and matchups for this game in just a couple moments. But before we get into all that, Trent, we do need to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanTool. The tournament has officially reached the Final Four for both the men's and women's basketball tournament, so there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Trent, get this. If you're a new customer with FanDuel right now and you make a bet, win or lose, you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bonus bets if you do not win. That is a pretty great proposition to have right there. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on literally anything from the money line to a specific prop bet, and you can even make your own same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner, of the NBA. All right, Trent. So let's dive into some of the bigger matchups and questions, maybe from an individual standpoint, heading into this final four matchup. And for South Carolina's end to start, my big question for this game, we're going to stick with the Caitlin Clark theme. What is Don Staley's game plan for slowing down Caitlin Clark? I've told the Locked On Gamecocks audience already heading into this matchup that I don't think there's any real way that you can completely stop Caitlin Clark. I think that she has proven enough this season to where there's multiple facets of her game that you have got to respect. So for South Carolina, this might be a pick-your-poison type game, something that this defense is not used to having to be faced with. So what are they going to do with Caitlin Clark? Are they going to maybe open up one area of the floor and invite her to maybe, say, shoot some more mid-range jumpers instead of allowing her to drive to the basket and shoot those NBA range three-pointers? Are they going to full-court press her, try to wear her down in a war of attrition over the course of 40 minutes? This is something that South Carolina did with LSU guard Alexis Morris in that big-time matchup earlier in the season. Are they going to send multiple defenders at her? That's probably a given, but who do you put primarily on her? And that leads into my biggest individual matchup in this game. Bree Beal versus Caitlin Clark. I think that this is a shoe-in for this contest that South Carolina's Bree Beal, who is highly touted as the best defender overall on the team, and I think that she's going to be put up against Caitlin Clark and take on that challenge. 
because she can match Caitlin Clark's length, standing at about six foot one. I think that Brie Beal can also help to sort of keep Caitlin Clark off of the glass, at least to a certain extent in this contest. And the other thing is this. I've noticed that watching some of Iowa's games, they like to set a lot of screens near the wings, near the top of the key, to try to open up space for Caitlin Clark, whether it's a catch-and-shoot three or to try to allow her to drive through the lanes. In terms of fighting through screens, Bree Beal is the absolute best defender on the floor in that aspect. So I would be shocked if anyone else gets the primary responsibility there. Of course, you could also see maybe a Bree Hall come off the bench for Bree Beal and go up against Caitlin Clark, you could see maybe Kiara Fletcher, who normally takes the point guard. She could also match up against Kaylin Clark, especially in the full court press scenario. So either way, you're going to need multiple bodies here to try and slow down Kaylin Clark. But the biggest matchup, in my opinion, out of that whole grouping will be Bree Beal versus Kaylin Clark, one that should be very fun to watch on Friday. Trey, what are your biggest individual questions or matchups that you're looking for in this game? Well, it, it really comes down to rebounding and just looking and, and combing through the numbers, you know, finding the analytical numbers that are so easy to find at Ken Palm or Bartolrick on the men's side. Got to dig a little bit deeper on the women's side to find those, but uh, was able to find some things. And the one of many that absolutely jumped off the page, the offensive rebounding numbers, not that they're first in the country, that's no surprise and rebounding overall that they're first in the country, but they get. of available offensive rebounds. Basically, half the time they miss a shot, they're getting the ball back. And look, you're not going to stop that. You're not going to hold South Carolina to five, eight, even 10 offensive rebounds. But, you know, if you keep that number in maybe the 12 to 15 range, I think that gives it a shot. The good news from the Iowa perspective is Iowa has been a good defensive rebounding team this year. They're 12th in the country in defensive rebounding rate. So that's something that at least gives you a little bit of hope there. But the rebounding, and we saw that going back to Monday night, you just can't get killed on the boards. You're not going to win the matchup. South Carolina is going to win it. But if you can keep it relatively close and not give them so many of those second opportunities, that is going to be a huge for Iowa to at least hang around in this game. You know, you mentioned the matchup with Beal, a girl that Iowa recruited very hard. She's from the Quad Cities, grew up on the wrong side of the river, on the Illinois side, but from the Quad Cities over there in <laughs> eastern Iowa. And uh, she was something that Iowa really was working hard towards. She made the decision to go to South Carolina. It's something that the staff has a really good connection to her, but her defense is outstanding. But you mentioned a huge part of that. We talk about Beal, and we've been talking about her a lot this week because of you know the local connection. But but also you mentioned just the sheer volume where it's out there. Hey, you got it for the next five minutes, and you bust your butt, and you're going to be on Caitlin for the next five minutes. I, I also want to see what they do. A lot of teams employ kind of those junk defenses, right? A box and two, a triangle, or a triangle and two, a box and one, those kind of things. And Iowa has been very good against those defenses. That's something where. It's fun watching Caitlin Clark play because you'll see that. And it might work for a possession or two, but if you stay with those defenses for multiple possessions or for you know a four-minute stretch before you get to the next media timeout, she is so smart and her basketball IQ is so high that she'll figure it out. You might force a turnover. You might force a bad play, but it's not going to happen multiple times. Is Don Staley to go out there we're going to do this for a couple minutes stretch. We're going to do this for two possessions. Something that really can slow down this Iowa team. I want to see what Staley has drawn up here and what the game plan can plan is from the Gamecocks because I think that's something that, with all the defensive talent that they have, could really throw a wrench into what I was trying to do offensively. Trent, I got one quick question for you actually before we move on uh, regarding Caitlin Clark. 
Uh, in your opinion, if there's maybe one, I guess, weakness or one area where she could be a little bit better that maybe the Gamecocks could actually exploit to a certain extent, what do you think that would be? It's definitely the turnovers. It's something that's been a part of her career, her three years now at Iowa and going back to her high school career. She'll turn it over. She had nine turnovers in the game against Louisville. And a lot of those passes are not dumb mistakes. They're not making a pass that isn't there, but there are they're passes that are frankly difficult for some of her teammates to catch and seen that so many times happen before. It's a beautiful pass. It, it's cutting through traffic. It's something that nobody else can see, but the offensive player is trying to catch the ball is either maybe blocked by a defender. They don't see the ball until it's too late. Those kind of things. So got to really tighten up the handle. In fact, the first thing uh, when Caitlin sat down after the Louisville game and as she was sitting down at the dais, she uh, looked at the stat sheet and said, ooh, nine turnovers. That's not good. So she knows it too, but that's the one place you can definitely exploit this team. And overall, I mean, Caitlin gets you know a minute or two break here and there. It plays 37, 30 minutes and 38 minutes in this one more than likely. But even at that time, Iowa does struggle turning the ball over. So a little bit scary against this South Carolina team. They're going to turn you over there. That would be one, though. If Iowa, you know, if they can keep it in single digits in terms of turnovers, which is going to be incredibly difficult to do, another one. And and I'm talking in keeping it close. I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, ultimately winning this game and, and winning it going away, anything right. like that. Just give yourself a shot going into the fourth quarter. When I'm talking in these natures, that's what it is. It's not, hey, maybe they'll have a 10-point lead. Going, no, no, no. Are, are you close? Do you have a shot going into the final 10 minutes when you're talking about those things? And keeping the turnovers down, that's going to be a big part of it. Right. And, you know, honestly, if we're going to look for maybe a second matchup on the floor here in this game, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up Aaliyah Boston, but also Monica Zanato from the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think that that matchup, you know, any other game, that kind of matchup would be getting a lot more fanfare, honestly. And Zanato, you know, she could be somebody that maybe pushes Aaliyah Boston. She is six foot three, based on what the roster says, averaging 17.2 points per game, 68% shooting from the floor, which absolutely jumped off the page to me. And she does have 6.6 rebounds per game. So to your point earlier, seems like that she does a good job, at least on the defensive glass. So Zanano, I'm not, a, of course, you would know better than me what her offensive game is. But of course, Leah Boston, she's typically very good in terms of positioning on defense and somehow finagling her way out of the toughest of situations on offense because of her elite footwork that she has gotten from working with people like Tim Duncan in the offseason over the last couple years. So that's going to be another one to watch. And if Sonato's used on a lot of screens, again, to open up space for Caitlin Clark, how does Leah Boston defend that? Leah is known as probably one of the top three defenders on the team in terms of her ability to stretch out to the perimeter. But again, Caitlin Clark is a different animal compared to just about any other player the Gamecocks have faced up to this point in the season. So that'll be another matchup, of course, to watch in this game. But of course, at the end of the night, only one team can walk away with the win here and move on to play for a national title. And Trent and I will get into our final predictions regarding that in just a couple moments. But first, today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar March Madness Bracket has been around now for the last couple of weeks. If you haven't made one already, go to www.builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite. I don't know about you, Trent, but I love the cookie dough chunk puffs from Built. I think that they are quite literally the best protein bar on the face of the earth. I've gotten them so many times now. It's honestly probably a bit of a problem. You might say I have an addiction to them. When you vote, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. And one lucky Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built where your favorite bar or puff can be delivered right at your doorstep. Built bars are jam-packed with protein. They're low in sugar. And as always, they're covered in 100% 
real chocolate. So run to www.builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or pub and pick up a box while you're there. You could vote every day throughout the rest of the month, which means you're on your last couple of days. So be sure to get on there, go ahead and put in your vote and take advantage of the opportunity to support your favorite bar or puff today. All right, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's special crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon of Locked On Gamecocks, again, here with Locked On Hawkeyes, Trent Condon, as we get into our final predictions for this matchup. Trent, obviously, this is a matchup that Iowa Hawkeye fans have been looking forward to for the last few days, as have South Carolina fans, and obviously, it's the first Final Four that they've made it to in a very long time. How do you see this matchup playing out on Friday night? Well, as I mentioned, the matchups that they've had kind of battle-tested going into this matchup, but this is completely different. I think a huge key to this game is this start. We've seen South Carolina, not just in the Maryland game, but quite a few times this season, they've got behind early on. The UConn game, they were down early. I think the old Miss game uh, that went to overtime, they were down early in that one. So Iowa getting off to a good start, playing in the Final Four for the first time, kind of those early jitters that might be there. Iowa's got to get through that. Against Louisville, they were down 8 nothing right away, and then Caitlin Clark scored the next seven points to get them right back into it. They cannot afford a slow start. This is not a team that you can afford to be down and, and trying to battle your way back. South Carolina is just too good on both ends of the floor to make that happen. So I think that's a huge component here. What happens early in this game I think is going to dictate uh, what happens there. And Iowa's got to hit shots. I mean, it's as simple as that. And it's difficult to do against a defense this good, but – and we're not just talking about hitting a few. We talked a lot about Caitlin, but Gabby Marshall, she's shooting over 50% from three over the last couple of weeks. She's also uh, their best defensive player on the perimeter. She'll have a lot of tough assignments out there. I anticipate she's going to be on Cook to open th things up, which she does in the game. McKenna Warnock, she's a stretch four of South Carolina. She's got to be hitting those three-pointers. So it's kind of a wide-ranging team here, and everybody has to step up. Caitlin's going to have a ton of the attention that's going to be spotlighted on her. But I just look at the South Carolina team. I continue to dig into the numbers and, and the matchups, and it's difficult to see. Making the drive down here uh, to Dallas from Iowa, and it's going to be a long drive. Uh, unfortunately for me, I think it's going to be a long drive back and a lot of disappointment afterwards. I'm taking my seven-year-old daughter, uh, being a girl dad, excited to have this experience with her and do it as a fan, not as a media member. I decided to go that route and just looking forward to seeing the smile on her face. I know excited, but I'm already planting the seeds and the South Carolina team. They're a lot different than what we've seen before. And, and we've been, we've had a lot of smiles, but just be prepared. So we've been going through that. We got a long drive to kind of explain it. Ultimately though, I just think it's too much Carolina and I got South Carolina winning this one, 82 69 and covering the 11 and a half points spread currently at FanDuel. Right. Well, from South Carolina's perspective, I, I agree with you in the sense that I see South Carolina pulling this one off in the end. You did mention that if there's sort of one issue that South Carolina's had this year, it has been getting off the slow starts defensively. And at this point, I almost, and I'm not just saying this just because I'm, you know, I cover South Carolina, but I almost feel like that they do it intentionally in a way just to sort of use it as a feeling out process to see sort of what their opponents are going to do for those first 10 minutes. But Again, as you mentioned, Iowa, they have the shooters to make this a very interesting game. Many people have said that if there's any way to beat South Carolina, it's by quite literally just out shooting them. And again, just finding a way one way or another to hold them to a lower field goal percentage on the defensive end on your end of the floor. 
But I think that South Carolina is still going to pull this one out. I have the Gamecocks winning this game. I've got a final score of 83-71. to 71. I think that Iowa keeps things interesting for the first half. But as I've seen so many times with opponents that have faced South Carolina this year, typically when the third quarter hits, you start to see some players get some jelly legs from the opposing team. And for a team like Iowa that, from what I can tell, runs a 7-8 person rotation throughout the entire contest – I don't think that that's going to bode well. And I think that with the bodies that South Carolina has, you know, as some people have put it like over and over and over again, they just come at you in waves. And I think that's what's going to happen here. So with that fan duel line that you brought up of 11 and a half points, I'm going to pick South Carolina to cover that spread again, winning by 12 and the odds right now are currently listed for South Carolina's and at minus 112. If you want to hit that as a South Carolina fan, but again, I just think the Gamecocks have too much depth collectively. And I think that in a war of attrition, the Gamecocks will win out at the end of the night and will advance to their second straight national title game. He is Trent Condon of Locked On Hawkeyes. Again, if you're looking for more coverage on Iowa's end, if you're a South Carolina fan, be sure to check him out. Or, of course, if you're an Iowa fan, you know, be sure to see what all he's got going on while he's down there in Dallas. And if you're looking for more South Carolina coverage, you can find me again at A-Line underscore SC on Twitter or look up the Locked On Gamecocks podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcasts. Again, he's Trent Condon of Locked On Hawkeyes. I'm Andrew Lyon of Locked On Gamecocks. Thank you for joining today's special crossover edition. It's going to be a great Final Four matchup and one for the A on the women's bracket so be interesting to see who pulls off the victory at the end of friday night thanks y'all for tuning in we'll catch you later